We want to say thank you, thank you for your giving, and, and just give you a couple updates because of your giving. Uh, Dylan Gill and his company was able to, to do the nursery or the old office, old nursery wall, the new office wall, and it looks tremendous. And so if you need a construction project, call Dylan up. He'll get you taken care of, amen, and, and did it in that cold, cold weather. And then also, I got a text, I got a text at 2.10 this morning, 2.10 a.m., and Pastor Forrest said that they arrived in the De Democratic Republic of Congo, and uh, we were able to ship 40 suits over, scarves, toys for the kids, earrings, and so all of that is in country. Be praying. They're going to be giving that out on Tuesday uh, to all the pastors in that, in that area that are coming in for a conference, and then also we were able to sponsor 20 children in the Philippines for Christmas gifts, so give yourselves a great big hand clap, and... Just wanted to say thank you, thank you on behalf of that. And then also, we have an incredible special group of people that we want to make sure that we honor, uh, and that is our veterans and those that are actively serving. So if you are a veteran, please stand up. We're actively serving. We thank you. We give you our honor. You're absolutely amazing. They, uh, it's tough when it falls in the middle of the week like that, but we want to make sure because we are everything that we are. We got to do everything that we do because of those who, who served and are serving and will be serving uh, in, in their lives. And so, again, tomorrow, tomorrow there will be a small group of us. We'll be going out to the prison uh, to the Vietnam Veterans Organization at 5 o'clock. So excited to be able to go just love on those guys and bless those guys. And actually, we get to meet some of the guys that are about to be released that we give uh, the clothing bags, personal care item bags to the veterans. And so we're going to be able to meet some of them tomorrow and be able to put a face to the suitcase. And so it just always, uh, 5 o'clock tomorrow, just, it just really rocks my world to, to be able to honor those people. And, and so, again, it's all about honor. Everybody say fulfilled. You know, let me ask you a question. What do you want to be known for? Because when you're truly fulfilled, that's what you want to be known for. So, for example, I don't want to be known as a person that shares bad jokes because 99% of y'all didn't like my Halloween joke a couple of weeks ago. So let me try to, I'm going to try to give you a better joke. Uh, why did the invisible man accept the job offer? Because he couldn't see himself doing it. I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, my wife even didn't probably like that one either. But anyway, and also, you know, what do I want to be known for? Uh, a couple of weeks ago, went into uh, Kansas City to do Alex and Kayla's wedding and and they used to be a part of the church here, then moved to Kansas City. And Trish and I went up, and we, we spent the weekend doing their wedding. And, and at the end of the wedding, we're getting ready. At the, at the reception, we're getting ready to head home because it's Saturday night that late and <clears throat> wanting to get home and stuff like that. And, and so um, I told Trish, I said, here, let me take our garbage. And, and I, didn't, I always hate when you pour, people pour liquid into the garbage cans because they leak. And so I thought, man, I'm just going to go dump these glasses off in the restroom, and then I'll throw them away, and then we can leave, and, and as I was walking in, I walked in, I had the two glasses, I dumped them in the sink, I threw them in the garbage can, and then a woman uh, came out of the stall, and she said, what are you doing in here? 
And, and I didn't even get the door shut, and so I walk out, and there's the entire wedding people, visitors looking, and, um, you know, I, I stood out in a crowd because they all just watched me do the wedding, and, and um, so I, I politely told Trish, just a moment, I need to go work every table so they don't think I'm a pervert or whatever coming out of the women's restroom, and, and, and I will probably never see those people again. I don't want to be known as a guy that walks in the women's restroom. The last time I did that was when one of my kids were in seventh and eighth grade and Jeremy White sent me to the wrong restroom. Still remember it. But, uh, but what do you want to be remembered for? Because to each and every one of us in our lives, we're going to do something. We're going to do something in our life. This Monday, I was in Illinois, Galesburg, and and uh, Bradley and I were picking up some stuff, and, and we ran into a couple, and we started talking to them, and they said, well, we put bags together to take the kids that are in the hospital, and that's what we're getting stuff for, and they, um, they, they call, it's called Susie Q's Kids Comfort Bags, and, um, and so we had met them and talked, and then before we were leaving, I said, well, what, what, what behooved you to begin to, to do this? Why do you have a heart for that? And they said, when our daughter died in the hospital, we didn't have anything. We didn't know what to do. And we watched all these kids come into hospital, and we watched these families come into the hospital, and we didn't know what to do. And, and so when our daughter passed away, we decided we needed to do something to honor her life and, and do that and be able to touch the people like, like we wasn't touched. And I got thinking about it that, that those that are filled with the Spirit of God, man, when you are filled with the Spirit of God, you, you do something. Everybody say fulfilled. And you don't just do something, but you do something that affects eternity. You do something that literally affects life and death. And when you start affecting eternity, and when you start affecting life and death, then suddenly your life is fulfilled. Ephesians chapter 5, we talked about that in this series. But I want to look at verse 15 through 18. It says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. And I love verse 16. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so I want to look at some examples in the Old Testament initially, and then some examples in the, in the, in the New Testament of ordinary people just like you and just like me. And the Bible says when the Spirit of the Lord came upon them that they did something. And you <clears throat> begin to study their life. And when they did something that affected eternity, they lived a fulfilled life. They lived a fulfilled life. See, the result of the Holy Spirit come upon them is that the result of that experience is they did something. They did something that they normally, ordinarily wouldn't have been able to do, or maybe they did something ordinarily that they didn't even think that they should do that, but they did that. 
Because those who experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit are empowered to do greater things than can be done naturally. The, the newness of this fullness suddenly gives you new perspectives in life and gives you new sensitivities and gives you a new sense of mercy and, and empathy with the needs of people around you. And opportunities that would have gone unnoticed before now suddenly become challenges to respond to. Because that's when I talked to that couple. They said, you know, we didn't know that was a need until we were in that situation and the need wasn't met. And then after we got out of it and, and our daughter went on to heaven, that suddenly we could suddenly meet that need in life. And people who are filled with the Spirit begin to move supernaturally and quit making excuses of why they can't, woulda, coulda, shoulda, all those things. But they're living a fulfilled life in the Spirit of God and they're led by this overflowing love and power of the Holy Spirit to touch and impact people's lives. Everybody say fulfilled. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you. And Father, you know our fulfillment, these people's fulfillment is our greatest desire as a church, to ensure your people are living out the destiny that you have planned for each and every one of them. And Lord, in the next 15 minutes, let me help them move into the realm of fulfillment. As we just look at ordinary people in the word of God who did extraordinary things when the spirit of the Lord came upon them. And I prophesy that to the house in Jesus' name. Amen. If you study the Old Testament, the most descriptive phrase, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, is unbelievable. And in the book of Judges, you have a number of leaders that you see in this event where the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Othniel is one of the first ones that I want to look at in the book of Judges, in Judges chapter 3, and Israel is a young nation, and they are being attacked by their enemies, and the, and the first leader that's described as having the Spirit of the Lord come upon him is because the people were looking for a deliverer. They were looking for somebody, uh, really what our society is looking for someone today to rise up and say, how do we bring peace to our nation? How do we bring unity to our nation? And all those things. And the result of his leadership, it's totally amazing, was he took the battle against the enemy. And in Judges chapter 3, verse 10 and 11, it says, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he became Israel's judge. He went to war against King Cushnan, and the Lord gave Othniel victory over him. Now catch this. So there was peace in the land for 40 years. If there's ever a time that our country needs peace, it's right now, amen? And you ever thought about it? You could be that person. You could be Othniel. You could be Othniel. And maybe you won't bring peace to a country for 40 years, but maybe you'll be able to bring peace to your employer or peace to your family or peace to your school or peace to whatever aspect that God will use you if you allow the Spirit of the Lord to come upon you and, and just do something. You have Gideon. There's so much narrative of the Lord to choose and talk about Gideon as far as confirming and directing and, and everything that he could do. We could spend hours upon Gideon's life. But I want to look at the, the time where it says, after the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. Judges 6 verse 34 says, but the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon and he blew a trumpet. 
Gideon's response to having the Spirit of the Lord come upon him was to step up into leadership. And you got to think about Gideon. He was a young man, probably maybe in his early 20s, his late teens, and, and the Spirit of the Lord. He was the least of the least in his family. And his family was the least of the least of the 12 tribes. And yet Gideon rallied the people together to protect Israel from the attacking enemies. And I believe it's a desire, a dramatic illustration of the desire of the Lord to prove to you that he's Lord. But doing that, that, that the Lord through you, when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you, that you're able to do so much more than you could ever think or imagine. And when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon the church, it exceeds what it is. That's why we rewrote our growth tracks. And growth track step three is all about leadership. That you've got to learn to be able to lead your own life. And as you lead your life, you'll be able to lead others' lives. And that's what growth tracks is. It's not to get you to be able to serve, but to get you into servant leadership. Because we see that potential in you. Everybody say fulfilled. Gideon was filled with the Spirit of God. He was led by the Spirit of God. And think about it. He defeated an army with only 300 people. 300 people. He whittled down when you read the story. 300 guys that were armed with torches, pitchers, and trumpets. And they broke their pitchers, and the light came from their, their, their pitchers when they broke it, and they blew a trumpet. It caused the enemy to go into confusion. They turned their weapons upon each other. They began to kill each other. They began to run in terror. And think about it. This could only be have, accomplished by the help of the Lord. And all I want you to know is God wants to help you to do, to do the same thing in the same way. I believe I'm looking at a lot of people who have the heart or the spirit of Gideon on you today. But man, you got to do something. You got to do something. Whatever that is in your life, man, don't quench it. But man, what is God calling you to do? The enemy was confused by the, the Lord's intervention. Not because of the torches and the trumpets and the pitchers. But the Lord is forever giving you signs that you are not alone in your battle. You are not alone in your battle, but yet so many times we're in the wine press because we're isolating and hiding ourselves. Everybody stop fulfilled. Man, you can expect a partnership with God for victory over Satan and the works of the darkness in your lives and in other people's lives. You look at Samson. Samson's unique in the Old Testament because the writer adds the word mightily. When Samson, when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon Samson, look at Judges 14.6, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him and he tore the lion apart as he would have torn apart a young goat. Now we know that Samson becomes a one man's vehicle against the judgment against the Philistines and we know that each challenge that Samson was equipped by the power of the person of the Holy Spirit and, and, and it's interesting because what I love about Samson that even though he has a flaw, he's a flawed hero, he's made a lot of mistakes, that should be encouraging to each and every one of us that, that, that God still used him and Samson was uniquely anointed by God just like you're uniquely anointed by God 
God based on your, your, your story. And the Spirit of God will take action over you and upon you to do something in the name of the Lord. Everybody shout, fulfilled. But if you allow your past to define you, you allowed your physical limitations to limit you. Man, don't look at the limitations, but look at the unlimited power of God. And you study the Bible. His failings in life are not downplayed. The consequences of his sin is not softened, but he remains one of the greatest examples of supernatural strength and spirit-filled action in all of history. Then we have David. David, somewhere when he was 16 to 20 years old, Samuel comes and anoints him as king. And let me tell you, if you are a student in the house, man, God can do the same for you. He wants to anoint you to realize you're to rule and reign in life. And tonight, Pastor Calvin and Tally, what they're bringing that message is falling in love with Jesus. Because why was David, even though David committed murder, had a major affair with his best friend's wife, and yet he was still known as a man after God's own heart. Why? Because he fell in love with, with, with God, or he fell in love with Jesus in your case. And young people, that's all we're trying to do is get you to fall in love with Jesus because we know the potential that God has on each and every one of you. The first mention of David's name says the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. From that day <coughs> forward. From that day forward. And when Pastor Calvin was low, we were loading a car Wednesday. And as they rolled up, the, they, as we opened up the back door and rolled down the window, I didn't recognize the smell, but Calvin said, man, I know that smell. He said it was a smell that when my mom and stepdad would lock me and my brother in the closet, then they would blow the smoke through the door to get us a contact high. Folks, our young people need to be equipped with what reality of life is. And I thought, how does he love Jesus? I thought, man, they're going to learn how he loves Jesus because that'd be really tough. It ain't just fun and games tonight with students. It's equipping them. And when you watched David being filled with the Spirit, it's the same deal, David, that killed a lion and a bear to protect his father's sheep. And it's the same David who defeated Goliath. And it's the same David who led armies against Israel's enemies. And it's the same David who took a bunch of guys that were depressed and defeated and discouraged and in debt. And the Bible says that, that the anointing on David's life got on their lives and he turned them into mighty men and women of God. And that's what tonight's going to be, the anointing that on Calvin and Tally's life is going to turn our young people into mighty men and women of God. Everybody shout fulfilled. Who are living fulfilled lives, not looking for everything else. This is the same David who is known after man, after God's own heart. Why? Because he did something. He did something with his relationship with Christ. Jehaziel. Jehaziel. Most of you don't know Jehaziel. And this was, again, I think a lot of us can relate. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 14. Most of us say, Jehaziel, who's that? He's prophetic in the Bible. 
And you probably don't recognize his name, but in a minute, you'll recognize his words when the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. But this is what I want you to look at in verse 14. The Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jehaziel. One of the men standing there. One of the men standing there. Just an ordinary guy. Nothing special about him. No important lineage, no significant credentials, no ministry education. Man, we don't know anything about him except he was just standing there. Like a lot of you all are just sitting there. Come on, say amen. Because you know what? You matter. And that's our theme for 2022, John 3, 16. You matter. And look what happened to him. And you know what? I'm prophesying that this is going to happen to you, Family Life Fellowship. Because you're just sitting there. Look what it said. The Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men just standing there. His name was Jehaziel. He said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen. King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march out against them. You'll find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens up to the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not even need to fight. Man, this is, this is a guy just standing there. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him. He obeyed the word, but you will not even to fight. Take your positions and stand still. Watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them, for the Lord is with you. What I love about it is when you start studying it, his family, his family, his wife and kids were watching God use him. Don't miss that. See, sometimes your young people aren't old enough to make the decisions they make. And you think they are, but they're really not. What they need to do is see a godly man standing up, a godly father standing up, doing what God said to do. And you know what? It impacts their lives. The Holy Spirit provided to the king how he was going to protect them from the enemy. The battle is the Lord's. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. He was really just saying what Moses said earlier. And you see, when you study this story out, it's the famous battle where the priests were out singing praises before they ever went to battle. That, that I believe Jehaziel was just standing there singing praises to the Lord and his family saw it. And then when they saw his Dad, their dad, their husband speak that. One of the men just standing there. The Holy Spirit coming upon him. That's what I believe is about to happen in the house. See, you can just be sitting there, but you got to be standing there. And when the Spirit of the Lord, you got to be ready to do something. Everybody say, do something. Because you matter. Something's about to happen through you. <coughs> we could go... All kinds of examples when the Holy Spirit came upon those in specific or, or, or unique task. Moses, Joshua, Deborah, 
etc. They all operated in the fullness of the Spirit for the leadership moment that they had. You have prophets like Huldah and Elijah and Elisha and Isaiah who moved in the Spirit of God. You have Samuel who was a Spirit-filled priest and Esther who was a Spirit-filled princess and David who was a Spirit-filled, he was a Spirit-filled shepherd boy and then anointed king who was Spirit-filled. And I begin to think about what about a Spirit-filled businessman and a Spirit-filled mechanic and a Spirit-filled athlete and a Spirit-filled homemaker and a Spirit-filled grandparent and a Spirit-filled that all you got to do is is do something when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you and you know what? You'll be fulfilled in life. God wants to work in your life just like he worked in those people's lives today, tomorrow, and until Jesus comes. Everybody say fulfills. This promise is for you. On the day of Pentecost, the floodgates of blessing were opened because those who were willing to receive the promise of the Father, are you willing to receive the promise of the Father? Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Man, an amazing, amazing, wonderful moment in our history as Christians On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a a roaring of mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Man, what an incredible moment. But I want to highlight the transformation in Peter. Because a few months earlier, they were on the Mount of Transfiguration. And Jesus and Moses and Elijah all appeared. And Jesus, or Peter said, let's build a monument and just stay here in the Mountain of Glory. Let's just stay here. Let's camp here. Let's just be here. Let's stay inside the walls of, of the church and let's just experience the goosebumps and the presence of God and the heat and all that kind of stuff. And, and let's just stay here. But then the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, as they are all being filled with the Spirit instead of camping in the glory, everybody say they did something. Catch this. The immediate effect of the experience of Peter stands up in public, preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ, and with minutes of him preaching, the Spirit of the Lord, because the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, 3,000 people gave their hearts to Jesus Christ, the Savior and Lord, in verse 41. These 3,000 believers had all been exposed to the opportunity of the fullness of the Spirit And they begin to take radical action. Study Acts chapter 2, 3, 4, 5, all the way up to the end of the book. You know what they did? They begin to share goods with one another. They begin to ship suits to Africa. They begin to, we had a team team on Thursday and Saturday. Went to MACC Activity Center and laid down a floor and picked up a floor. Wasn't even given stuff. It was just being available as a church. They cared for the poor. They took care of the widows and the orphans. They started doing stuff that nobody else would do. 
They started doing things that nobody else was doing. And with days of the coming Holy Spirit on the followers of Jesus, they started transforming the culture around them, the structure of the city. And folks, it can be the same for us. We can complain about culture. We can complain about the chaos in America today. Or we can do something. Everybody say, do something. Man, pray that the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you so you will do something. In the book, How Christianity Changed the World, page 33, by Alvin Schmidt. Listen to this. Christians, however, did more than just condemn child abandonment. They frequently took such human castaways into their homes and adopted them. Callistus of Rome gave refuge to abandoned children by placing them in Christian homes. Benignus of Dijon, late 2nd century, who like his spiritual mentor Polycarp was martyred, provided protection and nourishment for abandoned children, some who were deformed as a result of failed abortions. Afra Augsburg, late 3rd century. Trisha and I lived in Augsburg, Germany, West Germany, when they turned 2,000 years ago. And I didn't even realize this was part of my heritage, but listen to Afra of Augsburg. Was a prostitute in her pagan life. But after her conversion to Christianity, she developed a ministry to abandoned children of prisoners, thieves, smugglers, pirates, runaway slaves, and gang members. Everybody say, do something. Man, they just did something. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Because we are told that when they did something, the Lord added daily to those that were being saved. And you go through Acts chapter 3. Peter and John walking through the beautiful gate, just filled with the Holy Spirit. The man was begging for alms. He said, hey, can you give me some money? Peter and John didn't have any money. They said, we don't have any silver and gold, but what we have you in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And the man who had never walked suddenly rose up and walked because they did something. They did something. They did something. You can go on. In Acts chapter 4, they were doing something. And the authorities, and this is where so many of us miss it, because they didn't understand the supernatural. They started condemning it. And they said, listen, don't preach or teach in the name of Jesus. But you know what? They had the Spirit of God upon them. So they did something. Everybody shout, fulfilled. See, they were fulfilled not by laying back, but they were fulfilled by doing something. Acts chapter 4. Verse 37, and I'm getting ready to close down. Verse 29. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And then catch this. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. Boldness. Man, I'm ready for some shaking. I'm ready for you all to come out with boldness and start sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ like you've never shared it before. Why? Because it goes back to Thessalonica. It goes back to Thessalonica. When they were standing before the, the religious authorities, and the religious authorities were demanding an explanation. And you know what? 
You can tell me what the spirit of the God, the filling of the spirit, the baptism of the spirit's past, but you can't deny my experience. You can't deny my experience. But when the world was upside down, you can study it in, in the church of Thessalonica, the city of Thessalonica. The effect of spirit-filled believers in an event that happened and the uproar that was created by the enemies of the full gospel of Jesus Christ when they said, give us an explanation. And then this is what the enemy said. These who have turned the world upside down have come here also. These who have turned the world upside down have come here also. Think about that. What would happen if we would do something with the Spirit of the Lord that has come upon us? And if we're born again, the Spirit of God is upon in us. You can complain about chaos. You can keep watching the news. You can complain about culture. Or you can say, you know what? I need a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit coming upon me. That's it. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, let us be a spirit-filled church that makes impact. Father, that, that Holy Spirit, you begin to speak to each person where they're at tonight, tomorrow, in the next week, in the next month. That Father, we as a church is going to give them tools, but they've got to, they've got to do the next. That Father, that when they see a need, they won't be ashamed of it. They'll pray for it, and they'll pray for it boldly. And they won't pray the what if, and well, maybe it's God's will. No, man, it's God's will. They'll come out boldly and share it. Father, when they get an opportunity to plant a seed in somebody's life, they'll be bold about it and say, listen, silver and gold have I none, but what I have in the name of Jesus, I give you. Father, that there will be a boldness in each and every one of our lives because right now, hearts are sensitive. They're open to the gospel. And really from right now up to Easter, Father, our hearts in our, in our country are more open, Father. And we've got the results. We've got peace that passes all understanding. Isaiah 26, 3 says, when our minds stay on you, we'll have perfect peace, Father. We need to get that message. Our minds need to be stayed on you so they see the perfect peace of God. Though we walk through the most difficult times, Father, we won't argue with our critics. We'll just share our experience. Because what are we going to be known? What are we going to be known for? And Father, when we're affecting eternity and we'll run into the altar to get some fire so we can stand between the living and the dead, then we'll live fulfilled lives. We'll get excited about waking up each and every day. We won't look at our limitations, but we'll say, God, how are you going to use our limitations? How are you going to use our limitations to share how awesome you are, Jesus? So, Father, I spoke to the believers. Now I want to speak to that person who may not know Jesus Christ. 
with every head bowed, every eye closed, just ask yourself a simple question. If you died right now, do you know for sure you'd be in heaven? And if you don't know that question, then I'm going to tell you how you can answer that question with a resounding yes. That right there at your seat, you say, dear Jesus, come into my heart. Please forgive me. I've sinned. I've made mistakes. But Father, I just ask for a brand new start. I don't get it all. I don't understand it all. But there's something resonating in my heart that I need to make this decision. And if you pray that prayer in your own words, however you pray it, in that moment, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. They are having a party in heaven. They are shouting your name all over heaven. The angels are rejoicing. It's absolutely amazing what's going on. We can't even begin to touch it. It's like the Super Bowl, World Series, Stanley Cup, all wrapped up in one. Everybody look at me. If you prayed that prayer, there's a connect card in the seat backs in front of you. Let us know your decision. Let us know your decision of I've accepted Jesus for the first time. Great next steps would be growth tracks at 11. Water baptism is a great next step. But man, I just want to encourage you. If you want to live a fulfilled life, then do something. Not just do something. There's a lot of things to do. But do something that affects eternity. Do something that affects life and death. And I promise you'll wake up fulfilled. You'll go to bed fulfilled. And you're like, man, God, I can't wait for the next opportunity that you use me to touch a life. Amen? Everybody shout fulfilled.